morning and welcome. Fourth and final hour of our get-together. We affectionately call it the 9 o'clock stretch. They've been working out like me. You really need to stretch. Playing pickleball, pumping iron. You're you know what I mean, Greg? Ripped. You're looking ripped, Bob. Why, thank you, brother. Yeah. Yeah, feeling ripped. Feeling good. Uh, welcome, my friends. Time check brought to you by Hayes Jewelers, where the answer is always uh, yes. It's always yes. Sad news. Canine Leo passed away. Took a bullet. Yes. Took a bullet the way he was trained for a law enforcement officer. Saved a life. Mm-hmm. Um, but the canine Leo did not make it. University of Florida working on him, uh, doing everything they could. Try to save the uh, the dog's life and uh, without success. So uh, it's sad. But if you think about it, the training, this uh, allowed a law enforcement officer to go home to his family. And that's uh, very important. All right. We'll talk about some of that stuff later on. But first... State Senator Blaze Ingolia uh, joins us. Good morning, Senator. How are you? Good morning. How are you guys? Fantastic. It's uh, good to hear from you again. Um, I know a couple of things that you wanted to talk about. I'll ask you, um, these runoff primary elections, that's the way we used to do it, like, I don't know, 20-something years ago, and it, it wasn't very good or effective, and we changed it. Now there's talk of bringing it back? Yeah, the House dropped a, what's called a committee bill. It wasn't a member bill, but it was done by the committee that basically would go back to runoff elections, so, but just for primaries. So basically what would happen is you'd have your uh, primary, and then if somebody doesn't reach 50%, the top two vote-getters would go and run in a primary runoff uh, until somebody got 50%, and then that person would go to the general election. And I came out yesterday very strong on this. I said, I think this is a bad idea for a bunch of reasons. First is that it disproportionately hurts conservative candidates. And it's one of the things we always have to worry about is like when they change some of these rules, who are they really going after? I think that uh, conservative candidates um, would be least likely, less likely to make it to the general election under the scheme. But another thing it does is that once you have the primary election, the first one, before you hit the runoff, um, your your campaign funds are expended. The only way you can reload that quickly for a runoff is get money from special interests. So I think it's bad policy because it disproportionately hurts conservative candidates and it disproportionately helps special interests from getting the person that they want in the runoff. Well, and, and really your concern should also be for the voters and their will. And historically, uh, before you even get to the run, I mean, to, for the runoff itself, you're getting like, I don't know, 5% turnout. Nobody would show up for these, uh, you know, I hate to say it, but elections that had little meaning otherwise. And, and, and then you have the cost of running these extra elections. And like you said, yeah, then the campaign fan, uh, funds, uh, you know, dry up before you get into the to the main election. I, I'm i with you. It doesn't make sense. It complicates things and costs more, and it doesn't benefit the voters, in my opinion. So I, I think I'm totally on board with this. And, and just a note, you know, th- this is the kind of thing that irritates those of us who want something like open carry to make it out of committee. Everybody says they'll sign on to it, but they know it won't get out of committee, so they're in a safe zone. And it irritates me when we're messing with, oh, should we have an extra primary for the primary before we go to a runoff primary? It's like, give me a break. What are your thoughts? 
Well, you're not wrong. A lot of what we see is designed to keep very strong constitutional conservatives out of um, out of power. And what I want everyone to realize here is that Florida is now a red state. And it's a red state because we've been electing more conservatives and we have been enacting conservative policies. We were a purple state uh, with the state with the state at risk of going to uh, Democrat statewide candidates because we moderated. Um, so if we haven't learned our lesson by now, we never will. Well, there's some people that you can never get through to as clearly we we see evident by the divide we have uh, these days. Okay, let's move on to one that I think that is a lot juicier and people care about. Everybody's got a dog in this fight, and that's Senate Bill 7074, property insurance rates. And this is a way to, I guess, uh, give us a break on taxation. I wasn't even sure that our, our property insurance premiums were even taxed. Yeah, they are. And this is the tax package that comes out every year. This is the tax cut package, I should say. You know, last year we had $2.2 billion worth of tax cuts. This year it's a little bit leaner at the state, so we're only able to offer $900 million, which is almost a billion dollars worth of tax cuts, giving, giving the money back to the people who actually pay and fund the government. But inside there we have a provision that will take away some of the fees and taxes associated with your insurance policy. Now, um, we know that we did some reforms a couple of years ago, and those reforms, and I think I've said it on the show, are going to take years for it to take hold until we start seeing some substantial rate reductions in policies for insurance premiums. But in the meantime, we have to do whatever we can. And what we did in the tax package is we give, uh, I think it's a total of about $380 million worth of savings passing it on to people who pay homeowners insurance. Now, it's not going to be uh, an overwhelming amount, um, but it will save uh, the taxpayers a couple of hundred, of uh, the ratepayers a couple hundred bucks um, a year. So every little bit helps, and we're just doing our part to make sure that we are helping the situation. Well, yeah, and look, and I don't want to sound, you know, ungrateful. Uh, now that you tell me it's a couple hundred bucks, that, that might be worthwhile, but so many of us have seen increases in, uh, in our insurance rates, I mean, in some cases, 40% or more. I mean, why is it taking the state so long to put together something? Is there another state we can model a homeowner's insurance after? Somebody who's really getting it right where rates yeah. are low. Great question. Great question. And Texas is the model. And we follow Texas's lead. And we had a special session, I want to say, about a year, year and a half ago. And we did a lot of the Texas style reforms. And Texas has proven with those reforms that it will bend the cost curve and it will bring, bring rates back down. So um, we did the same thing. We are starting to see the cost curve where the rates are starting to come down. In fact, um, in a presentation in banking insurance, I made the, the note to everyone that if you look at where the rates are, if it wasn't for uh, rampant inflation, which translates into the replacement costs of wow. home we probably would have on average a rate reduction this year. So um, a lot of why the rates are going up is because of uh, the cost to replace your home has gone up, which is directly at the, at the shoes of uh, the feet of Joe Biden. Um, also because people have been gaming the system for a while with frivolous lawsuits. A lot of that has been um, addressed. So it's going to take time. And if it doesn't, Bob, I promise you, I will be the first one to stand up and say that we need to do more.
I, I yeah, and I wish there was uh, an entrepreneurial spirit, somebody who uh, clearly they'd have to have a lot of capital, but to basically start up um, a new group in Florida, and and maybe they can be pickier or choosier about how they insure, but it would take pressure. I think it would take pressure off the whole market anytime you increase competition. I I just I see opportunity here. Of course, uh, I don't have two nickels to rub together. I can't get involved, but I, I'd like to see something, you know, from from you know, uh, private, you know, groups funding like that. But Bob, that's the good news. That's the good news because the reforms that we put have attracted a lot of new capital into the state of Florida. We're seeing a lot more insurance companies come to the state of Florida because we put in those reforms. So there is competition starting to drive in the marketplace, but there are still insurance companies that are charging way too much, and we need to get that under control. Well, we appreciate you explaining these things to us, spending some time with us, and, and actually, uh, you know, showing us the silver lining and the good things that uh, that can be accomplished. So, uh, State Senator Blaze and Golia, let's uh, please keep in touch with us. Of course. Take care, guys. All righty. You too. Good stuff. Hey, coming up, did Trump tip his hand on a VP pick in South Carolina last night? We'll let you decide next on 97.3 The Sky.